And welcome to Third Floor Views, a production of Chesapeake Family Life, where we talk about health, education, and living with kids. I'm your host, Laura Boycourt. Today, we'll be talking about the importance of crafting and what it provides for the community. Joining us are Judith Carr, owner of Bum- I'm going to say it wrong, Bumbershoot Sleep Sacks. <laughs> Did I get it right? It's Bumbershoots by Nana. Bumbersho- there you go, by Nana. Amy Blair, owner of Sun Ob Blair Jewelry. And Nicole Stokes, owner of HGE Designs. Thank you all so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks. You bet. So as I understand it, you're all from the Baltimore and Arundel County area. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. And you're all going to be exhibiting your crafts at what I believe is the 46th annual American Craft Council's Craft Made Marketplace, which is this coming weekend, March 3 through 5 at the Baltimore Convention Center. And you are three of about 350 artists who will be showcasing <laughs> yeah. their creations. That's a lot. And uh, let's start by learning about each of you and your connection to the region, sort of, you know, how long you've been in the area and how you became involved with crafting. Judith, can we start with you? Um, Basically, I was a corporate executive and I came to D.C. for a one year rotation, met my Navy captain husband and, Uh of course, had to move to Annapolis. So that's how I ended up in the area, loved it here, and we made our life here. And in terms of craft, I owe it to my mom. My um, When I was a young girl, I wanted to take ballet. My family didn't have a lot of money, so my mother made all the costumes for the ballet company to pay for my lessons, and I became the apprentice. So uh, early on, I learned the art of sewing, matching colors, textures, and all of that. Then if you fast forward, I had a career um, as an executive, and then my grandson was born. And the fun story is I wanted to buy him a sleep sack, and I went to uh, a very nice upscale baby store in Seattle, Washington, and all they had were commercially made sleep sacks um, that were not beautiful, but were very pricey. And my daughter suggested that I make one for John. And he loved it. I mean, my friends loved it. And when I retired, this became my life. So Bumper Shoots by Nana. Fantastic. I love it. Um, Amy, what about you? What was um, What's your connection to the region and how did you first um, get get bitten by the crafting bug? <laughs> yeah, um, I have been a crafter my whole life, actually. And I'm based in Baltimore and I've lived here my whole life. I think probably from kindergarten is when I started working with the medium that I'm actually still working in now, which is polymer clay. And I've been doing my business here in Baltimore for about 15 years. And it's really just my love of patterns and color and how I interpret the world is through patterns. I've kind of been obsessed with making patterns my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I use that and create polymer clay jewelry through patterns and color now. And yeah, it's just been one of the most wonderful adventures. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm really excited to be here and doing the show coming up this weekend. I'm, I'm so excited for you. Nicole, what about you? What's your connection to the region and uh, where did your crafting journey begin? 
So I am a Baltimore native. I was born and raised here. I went away for maybe two years to Syracuse <laughs> for school, yeah. but I've been here my whole life. I love okay. Baltimore. My crafting actually started when my son was diagnosed with autism. So it was really just therapy for myself. Like it, it just helped calm me. It helped soothe me. And so what started happening was we would get medical bills and things we needed to pay for. And so my dad was like, you know, people will buy those hats and scarves you're making. So mm -hmm. I had no intentions on having a business. It was just, you know, it was therapy for me. And then it was like, wait, I can pay for things with this. And so I've been crocheting for about 15 years and then COVID hit and my son, because of his autism, had a lot of behaviors. And so I actually realized the things I was making, they were very tactile and sensory soothing for him. And so I built him a sensory room. And so during that time, I learned how to knit. So I've been knitting now for about two years. So it it literally was therapy for me. And then it was therapy for him. And, and then it paid bills for us. But it also gave me a platform to be able to connect to other caregivers that were home that maybe needed something else for therapy for themselves and, and a form of income. So I, I love it. I would be doing it even if I wasn't selling <laughs> selling mm -hmm. items. Um, but I've just always been really good with my hands. And so it's it's a way for me to love on him, love on myself and share my work. Oh, that's wonderful. And my, that's a great segue. My next question was a follow up for you about about HGE designs. So what are some of the products that you make again? So I make all the traditional hats, scarves, mm -hmm. and actually I shouldn't even say traditional because I'm a I'm a rule breaker. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm always going for the bright colors. I don't necessarily weave ends in. I love the texture and feel of them. Um, I also do weighted scarves, which are very helpful for anxiety and things like that. I do lap pads and I also do artwork. So I crochet portraits and I add them to the backs of sweaters, skirts, and you actually can hang them as well. Oh, fantastic. And so, Amy, I know from we can tell from your sweater and just as you mentioned before, the, the patterns and I checked out your website. It's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful it's um, products. Tell us a little bit about the jewelry you make. I know it's polymer clay, clay polymer. Explain that to us, to me. Yeah, sure. Um, So I guess I am a polymer clay artist, but I use it more like a canvas. Um, the real work I do is mostly about the patterns that I make. Um, And so I first Actually, most of my inspiration comes from traveling that I was doing at the time. But since COVID, <laughs> I haven't been traveling quite as much. And I've kind of gotten more into been like curious about patterns and moods just based off of everyday people that I encounter and just normal experiences in my life. So I build patterns and mood boards and palettes based around the feelings and just like the vibes I get off of people and the places I've mm -hmm. been. And then I take those patterns and I kiln them onto polymer clay. And then from there, I do the traditional jewelry techniques and create jewelry out of that. But um, I think it's more like the fun of finding, um, like finding how colors represent something in the real world and how patterns actually have a meaning to them. So that's kind of what my jewelry has in them, I guess. It's not just polymer clay. It's more like a small story that I'm trying to show people. 
but yeah, that's what I've been doing recently. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And it's earrings. Is it necklace? Just, just earrings, necklaces? Oh, everything. All, all of it. Okay. Yeah. I actually really love pins and no one seems to wear them, but if you're a pin wearer, I have a lot of pins. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's good. I'm sure you'll find some at the uh, in, at the convention center this weekend. So, Judith, with Bumber Shoots, you were telling us the story with your grandson. What is it about your sleep sack that sort of stands out, or that that is is unique compared to the other sleep sacks? And then also on top of that, what has the reception been like from your grandson, but then other purchasers of the product? Well, um, number one, they're made by a nana with tons of love. <laughs> And I adore children, and I know they're the most precious people in our world. And so we started by making our everything needed to be as safe as it humanly could, could be. Mm-hmm. So all of our designs are made uh, based on research. We did a lot of research with NIH, child safety, cognitive and physical development, And as simple as they look, every single feature is for a reason. Um, The reason mine are different, they're all reverse lined and I use a lot of color and different textures because part of tactile development is baby's touch. And we also catch moms and dads petting them as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so the best feature They have snaps at the chest. And um, in all the research we did, the competitive analysis and, you know, all the things that we needed to do for marketing, we are the only sleep sack that actually has snaps at the chest, so it cannot ride up over the baby's face. So as the baby starts getting more physical and they flip, the whole thing flips with them, and it's a huge safety factor. And we've actually been um, winning a few design awards because of the difference. Uh, And what was the rest of the question? Oh, no. How did your grandson like it? (laughs) Um, Well, of course, he liked it. Yes. (laughs) He's he's nine years old now, and he still carries his blanket that Nanny made for him. And with the soft fabrics, he he still at nine years old likes his blanket. So he liked it. And then my relatives and friends wanted me to make things for their children. And then now I get to make them for the community. And it is such a joy because the parents come in, they tell me their stories. Um, I actually can design for individual babies like babies with special needs. I've designed sleepwear for babies with feeding tubes. Um, and I feel like it's something I can give back for all that I have in this world. Oh, and that's I'm wonderful. Very that's grateful great. for that. That's that's wonderful to be able to individualize and the, the care and attention that you put into, yeah. into that, which is which is wonderful. Well, you mentioned, I don't know, all of you seem to have mentioned, you know, this personal connection with crafting. So my next question is, why is crafting so important? What does it provide for the individual, which you've already touched on a little bit, the family and the community? So if we're thinking about crafting, it's not just the products, but just, you know, what it can do for for everyone involved. What are your thoughts on that, Amy? Would you like to start? Oh, sure. Um, So I actually think of craft as problem solving. 
I don't know how everyone feels about that, but <laughs> um, I think it's important from that standpoint, especially just because problem solving is life, basically. And I also think that craft is building and that's super innately human. And I feel like it's super important nowadays, especially to understand where your products come from and the human behind that. So I think it gives you a connection to the products you choose to bring into your life. And that, I think that brings more meaning into your life through knowing the connection behind the product and who doesn't want more meaning in their life these days, especially now. Yeah, I think that's what craft really means to me. Well, that's great. So more sort of meaningful and intentional purchasing and sort of this this world where it's all about the stuff, just you know, knowing that exactly. there's someone behind it that, that cares and you know invested a lot of their time and energy and emotions into it. That's great. Um, let's see, Judith, what about you? I think crafting for me is I look around and there's so much talent in this world. And each of us has a gift of some kind. And crafting enables people like myself to have an outlet for whatever gifts I have. Um, so it allows me to be creative. It's something that augments my life. It's I don't have to just think about the daily mundane things. I get to go to my workshop and I get to create and it's wonderful. And it really gives um, me a sense of belonging to this community. Uh, my first uh, place that I went to to sell my products were for Sunday in Annapolis. And it's an amazing group of artists with all kinds of crafts and talents. And we all get in these little tents and people come by and you can tell your story. I get all of, all of the stories people want to tell me, makes mm -hmm. my products better. Um, I just think crafting is the best thing ever. Wonderful. And Nicole, what about you? Why is crafting so important for you and just in general? I think literally everything <laughs> these ladies <laughs> said, um, it's definitely, it was problem solving for me in the process and, and not even realizing it until I had made something. I'd, I'd never imagined that a scarf, because of how it felt, the, the textures would be able to help my son and it would be able to help calm and, and soothe me. There's so much energy and love that you put into something that you're making by hand. And I feel that people reap the benefits of the love that goes into a product. And it's it's unique. I could make the exact same scarf 10 times, but each one will still be different. And I think that's very descriptive of just people in general, that the world is filled with all of these amazing people with gifts and it's, you know, it's a tangible gift from a person that made it. And so, and also once people find out the why behind why you create, they may not have even been interested in your products, but then it's, you know, when they find the why, your story and the drive and the love that you put into it, people really support. And that's very meaningful to me as well. Absolutely. And we just touched on this in this last question, but sort of being involved in the community through your crafts, does it, what kind of feeling does it give you to be part of that sort of uh, smaller scale, you know, community marketplace, the economy, the, you know, your small businesses? I mean, you're, you're part of something vital throughout, you know, the Baltimore 
Anne Arundel, Maryland region. How does that feel to to be participating in that and and helping you know other people find what they need, but but being part of the the economy on that scale? Amy. Oh, um, I mean, I think first of all, I feel gratitude. Um, being part of the Baltimore small business scene has been just a wonderful journey for me. I've met so many wonderful friends and it's made my life fuller, um, that first of all. And then secondly, I think probably, probably I feel, I don't know, like a lot of curiosity still <laughs> mm -hmm. and a lot of wonder. Um, it makes me feel really proud too, to be part of this small community, but it feels good to give back also the gifts like Judith was saying that we all have. It, it just like feels nice to have more of a purpose, you know, something mm -hmm. that you're doing that you already love to do is also giving someone else out there a reason to come and purchase something that they might need. And it's nice to be helpful, I guess. Yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely. Nicole, what are your thoughts? Um, I think for me personally, it's it's affirmation that this little thing that I do has value. Because sometimes in the grand scheme, we we kind of look at like mass produced things and this may not be you. I may never sell a million million of any one little thing, but to be, you know, there are 350 people at this event alone that make different things. I, I I went through and scoped it out. I'm like, none of these people make the exact same thing. And so just being somewhere where being unique and being one of one is important and it's celebrated. And, and you get to meet people that you otherwise wouldn't meet. I've met so many people that the only thing we have in common is that we knit or we crochet. So just being able to meet these amazing people that do this one little thing <laughs> that that we both have in common. And then from there, it, it opens all kinds of doors because, you know, you have that one thing in common and then you get to share other life experiences with each other that you wouldn't other, you know, normally you wouldn't have to have a chance to experience and share. Judith, what about you? I think for me, and, and I'm going to use the first Sunday and also the American Craft Council events uh, kind of as my premise for what I'm about to say. Uh, I think the opportunity to meet people um, and talk to them about their children. Uh, everybody has a child, a grandchild, a niece, a nephew, or a friend's child. And so they'll come to me with a story and they'll want to have the perfect sleep sack for a gift. And so um, if I don't have it, I design it and they get uh, a totally custom sleep sack. But the reason uh, or the thing that to me is so much fun and so rewarding is the babies actually really sleep better in these. So they'll buy one for a first baby, then they'll come back for the second baby, or they'll come back and say, after my child used it, um, the cousin used it, and then the second cousin. And, and so we've created a community of people with a like purpose, a like story, and we have a product that um, is useful to, to just about everybody in some form. And that's such, such an exciting thing for me. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, so we've touched on this a couple of times, but the craft made marketplace this weekend. Um, Nicole, you said you scoped it out a little bit. <laughs> what are we what are we looking forward to about being there? Whether it's your first time, you're a repeat uh, exhibitor, what what are we looking forward to? What can viewers and listeners sort of look forward to um, from, from what you know of it? Um, Judith, you're up first. I've done a few of these yeah. and you walk in the room and there is an energy like nothing else. All of these talented people coming together, it's just, you can feel it in the air. And when the people come in, people come to this particular show because it is a top-notch show and the artists are, are very good and they come in wanting to see what's new. And so they bring an energy and uh, it's a particularly well-run show. I've done it for a while and these people have it down. They are really good at it. They make our jobs easier. Um, it's just a great, uh, just a great event. Fantastic. Uh, Nicole, what are you looking forward to, to seeing? I believe it's your first time. Yes. <laughs> so what so are we looking I forward to? I've done uh, the online, I did the virtual community in 2021. So this is first time in person, um, just being able to share with people what I do and why I do it. it. It just creating makes me happy. And so being in a space where I get to share that with people, I can be, um, I can be a little isolating when it comes to, you know, just having to make conversation sometimes and, and that can be a little nerve wracking. But once I start talking about yarn and creating, it's like <laughs> I'm a whole different person. So, you know, just being in a space where people value that and people are interested in learning about the things that I create. I'm, I'm really excited about being around people with that, you know, like Judith said, with that energy that are looking mm -hmm. for it and they they have the questions and they want you to explain. So I'm excited about that. That's fantastic. And Amy, what about you? Oh man, I'm so excited for you, Nicole, though. <laughs> Something. Um, I think I'm really excited for the inspiration that I get from the show. Like Judith said, that energy is unparalleled at American Craft Council. It's the best crafters in the whole country coming together in one place for a whole weekend. And the community just sprouts up out of nowhere and ideas are shared. And I feel like there's just so much to see and do when you're there. You almost can't get through it in like a whole weekend. So I'm really excited to see my artist friends. I'm really excited to be inspired by all the talent that's just there. And I feel like if you're not someone that has come to the show, you owe it to yourself if you live in Baltimore to just stop by just to experience what American craft is. It's amazing. That's a great, a great uh, recommendation. Um, and last question, and this is what I'm most excited about. Any advice or words of wisdom for listeners or viewers who might be considering launching either, you know, a hobby or a career in crafting? Maybe someone who, oh, should I put this on Etsy? Should I give this a go? No, it's not the right time. Uh, what would your advice be to them for, for those sort of looking to make that jump? Judith. I would say just jump, just do it. Um, once you get into it, it's amazing the opportunities that show up at your doorstep. And one of the things I'd like to say about 
the group of artists that I've been privileged uh, to be part of, they are so giving. And when I was brand new, people would take me under their wing. They would teach me how to set the booth up. They would teach me how to market. And so people that have done it are there as a resource. So if you're new and this is your first experience, or if you're thinking about doing it, don't hesitate to call somebody or go talk to them. They'll they'll give you incredible advice. And it does sound supportive. And that's what I was going to say. It sounds like crafters are such a sort of a, a tight knit, um, no pun intended for all the fiber artists, but like a tight knit <laughs> group, right? That you can, yeah. you can fall back on. So, you know, it sounds yeah. like if you're going to take that leap that you're, you've got a, a safety net, you know, of support waiting for you. That's great. Nicole. I would say be yourself because with crafting, with art, with anything, no one is going to do it the way that you do it. Mm-hmm. Even if you're doing, you're working with the same mediums, the same space, there's only one you. And however you create, it's always going to be unique. And keep learning. I, I've been crocheting for 15 years and I run into women who've been doing it forever and I learn something new every single time. So I say just keep learning and be yourself. That's great advice. Amy, what would you say? I love what Nikki just said about <laughs> yourself. I think being, I think one of the hardest things I had when I started my business was finding my own voice and being authentic. I think we probably all struggle with that. But once I found just letting go of that and just making the art that was me and putting it out there, that made it so much easier. And I guess maybe my last advice would be, um, what's that wonderful quote? It's like, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. I think that hangs up a lot of people before start like hanging them up, starting something, even like small things, but especially business is we let like all the things get in the way of like, oh, it's not perfect. Maybe I shouldn't put it out there. But I think if you're excited about it and you've created it and you want to share it, then you should just share it. Well said. Well, you can see all of uh, these three ladies and 347 other <laughs> other exhibitors at the Baltimore Convention Center this weekend, the third through the fifth. It's very exciting. I'm excited for all of you. And thank you so much uh, to Judith Carr, Amy Blair, and Nicole Stokes for taking the time to chat with us about the importance of crafting and what it can do for the individual and the community. And thank you to all of our viewers and listeners as well. Make sure you visit ChesapeakeFamily.com for up-to-date local information on home, health, and living for today's Maryland parent. This episode will be archived on ChesapeakeFamily.com in video and podcast format. I'm Laura Boycourt with Chesapeake Family Life and Third Floor Views. Thanks so much for joining us. Mm